It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. We'd uh, usually say, hey, let the new music play on the new open, but we've got a special guest here today uh, from uh, Casa de Johnson at the Working Man's Beach Surf City. It is uh, Brian Mole from Caddy Network and uh, frequent guest on the show. Woo! Here, here in the studio. How are you? I'm doing well. This is like the highlight of my summer. Oh, gosh. The, come on. What you've a actually, day. You've actually done some cool things this summer. Uh, I don't think this would be the highlight of it. No, thrilled to be here, part of the show, and thanks for uh, thanks for having me down. Yeah, uh, a lot to talk about with some golf stuff that we followed all summer with Live Golf. Uh, by the way, final show for me uh, this week live. as I'm doing the uh, summer vacation. Uh, you know, kind of last hurrah before we get involved in uh, get involved in uh, football in a big way starting next week. And uh, Ben B Baby Byram, who's producing today's show, we say, uh, "Hey Ben," a hey, phrase he's probably ben. heard in a gazillion times in his life. Hey Ben, he's heard that it's a staple more than anything. I know. I bet that's the phrase you've heard more than any. If there's a movie of my life, life, that's what the title would be. Hey Ben, <laughs> is it going to be Hey Ben? <laughs> what do you think of Mole in the house today here with us? This is about the third time I think we've done kind of a a live show with Mole, uh, and they've all been. Uh, kind of uh, remote in a sense, but he's with us here. What do you think of that? Dude? Yeah, yeah, I got to go get some mouth cannons now. This is a celebratory event here. <laughs> uh, I think we're gonna get. We're just gonna settle for a little dinner following uh, the show, and then, uh, and then Ben, uh, my nephew's gonna be down. For, oh, there uh, you go, Fitz. Yeah. Hi, Patrick Ben. Jay. And uh, he'll be with us as, as well. Fresh so, out of camp. Uh, he's, he's as we said on Monday. He's gone to. More camps than a uh, than, than the five stars this year. I mean, he's every time you turn around, that boy's at a camp. All right, so uh, he'll be around a little bit later on. Uh, a friend of mine. Before we get to Brian, we got a ton of things. I also say hello to Mississippi, who's in the house today. Uh, intern Mississippi, great to have him aboard. Uh, Jenny Dalton Hill, uh, really one of the all-time greats in uh, college softball, and uh, she is. Uh, on uh, ESPN is one of their softball broadcasters. She's in town this week for the Little League Softball World Series. We're going to catch up with her on the phone a little bit later on, kind of get her thoughts of the event going on in Greenville. We uh, do know Pitt County's opponent uh, coming up. They will play tomorrow at 4 in uh, the uh, loser's bracket. So, Ben, will update you on that coming up at the uh, bottom of the hour. Before we get uh, cracking, Pirates back on the uh, field today. And uh, something that I have uh, kind of learned exclusively here. Everyone, a little breaking news for you. Indeed it is. Uh, ESPN Plus will have the ECU Navy game, it appears. So uh, the Pirates will play. Uh, it's, is it Plus or the Deuce Ben for the state game? I think it's, it's ESPN 2. And uh, that'll be the noon game, of course, on uh, September 3rd. And then right now the Pirates are going to be on Plus for uh, ODU and Campbell. Those are both six o'clock kickoffs. Uh, we may or may not know someone commentating those games, uh, but the uh, Navy game on uh, the twenty fourth 
and uh, we'll see how it goes. We will see how it uh, goes there. But I don't know if uh, our our friend uh, Sonny will be on that third one, but uh, indications are he may very well be on the first two. Sonny's got some some other uh, Big 12 dates uh, coming up. So uh, that is a little bit of exclusive news here for you today on the Patrick Johnson Show. And see, you didn't have to pay uh, a dime or go behind a paywall. How about that? All right. uh, It is (laughs) good to have you along with us. Uh, And uh, Brian Mull in the house. This is uh, really cool. Uh, We talk a lot of college hoop with you in season. Uh, We talk uh, golf with you uh, in season. And uh, you're going to have some assignments, if you will, some analytical type of things with college football this year, including the Americans. So that's going to be kind of fun for you. So we might call on you time to time for some some facts and and, uh, trends and all that because you're going to be kind of crunching some numbers this year. Yeah, looking forward to uh, digging into uh, East Carolina football and the American a little bit more than I have. I've always followed it from kind of a surface level, but getting getting in there a little bit deeper this year. I think it's a certainly exciting time in Greenville for the football program and heading in the right direction under Mike Houston. Um, be be interesting to see kind of how they come out of the first month there. Uh, certainly should have some momentum going into conference play. Yeah. Well, uh, again, you know, uh, three – uh, of those first four non-con games at home, uh, the first four at home. So uh, we're excited about it. We've got some big things coming up in the next couple of weeks as far as uh, some interviews and interactions with uh, players beyond uh, when our kind of media avails are to them. Uh, and, of course, we've got coverage in 10 days of the, uh, of, uh, the ECU Media Day, uh, which will be on a Saturday. So looking forward to that. All right. Uh, we often have, and we've talked when we've had you on about live golf quite a bit. Uh, Cameron Smith, that was sort of the big news yesterday. Uh, you were telling me when you uh, got here, uh, Cam Young out of uh, Wake Forest, and, and he was he was the guy who was leading or, or in the mix, wasn't he, at the British Open? <clears throat> he was. Uh, made Eagle on 18 on yeah, Sunday. That's right. He finished, ended up finishing in a to, second. To finish, yeah. to finish second. Uh, also was in contention at the PGA Championship. He has uh, just racked up the top three finishes this year as, and is a lock, basically, unless something crazy happens in the playoffs to win Rookie of the Year on the PGA Tour. He's all the way up to, I think, 17th in the world. Um, certainly physically and seems to have all the tools and mentally is a guy who doesn't show a lot of emotion, just kind of goes out there and goes about his business and hasn't been afraid of the big moments. So that is a quite the coup for Liv and the Greg Norman um, to get a player of his stature at his age, really starting out at the beginning of his well, career. you know, the knock on Liv, and, and perhaps justifiably so, beyond the uh, where the source of the money implications, and, and we've discussed that too many, of time, uh, many times, but, uh, you know, Cameron Smith is number two in the world coming off the last major win, the British. You got uh, Cam Young, as you said, in the top 20. You know, I thought the Live was the uh, the, the really well-paid uh, champions tour. I thought you were washed if you were on that tour. This, this kind of flies in the face of that a little bit. Now, this changes the narrative uh, and, and is a huge blow to the PGA Tour, uh, first of all, with Cameron Smith. I mean, he won their marquee event last year at – TPC Sawgrass. He's the player's champion. I mean, how do they promote that event uh, before next May? And he lives right there at TPC Sawgrass. He practices there, um, owns a beautiful home right by the golf course. So that's a big loss. And then uh, 
the future of the tour, I mean, the reason golf and, and the PGA Tour looks so healthy is because of all this young talent. Uh, guys coming out and making an impact from, after a year on the Corn Ferry Tour. And this kind of, you know, now now they're losing a guy who, who was set to make millions of dollars and be one of the stars that they could promote on that tour uh, for the next decade. Uh, now he's opting to go to live and certainly feels like with his world ranking, I'm sure that he he's fine as far as getting in the majors in the short term and then the 14 live events and then whatever else that he chooses to play has access to in, in Asia or, or wherever. That's a pretty full schedule, you know, and yeah. uh, these guys, I think understand like now there's money available. I can focus my schedule on being prepared for those four majors, which are really going to define a career. Yeah. You know, there was a big court ruling, uh, yes, uh, day before yesterday or yesterday, uh, against the guys who had gone to live trying to get into the uh, playoff of events. Basically a judge decided that, uh, I guess their case had no merit. Um, does that have any bearing? I mean, is that going to be appealed? Cause I quite frankly, other than the headlines, I haven't been following it, uh, this week between, uh, being down here and all my other responsibilities and there's even some other things working on for, for football and, and for some stuff next week. So, you know, I, today, especially I've not paid as much attention to, to some of that as I normally might, uh, would. So wh where's that right now? Is it being appealed? You may not even know that. And then how does that factor into any, you know, decisions to, to keep these guys like young and, and Smith off the tour? Well, the judge basically ruled uh, a that the tour didn't have a monopoly. The the live the lawyer representing the live players essentially said they already had twenty percent market share and uh, that they were being compensated. Um, they had made a choice. They were aware of the consequences of that choice. The tour had made that public uh, to all of its members for for many months leading up to that uh, they would not be allowed to come back and play. Uh, she did say that within a year. It would be a, a case that might uh, they would want to reevaluate that mm -hmm. they could bring it before the court again. But she said it would be a year at least before that she needed some more information. But at this point, basically, uh, they made a choice. They have somewhere to play. They're making more money. Uh, Hudson Swafford and uh, you know Taylor Gooch and Matt Jones are making more money than they have really made in their PGA Tour career, or certainly uh, are and are guaranteed to make that. And they could come back, uh, you know, look at it down the road. But but essentially what we're seeing is a, is a sharp divide uh, based on that decision. You're either on the PGA Tour or the Live Tour, and there's not going to be a lot of bouncing back and forth. So was this for the – to get into the playoff, or this was actually to, to appeal, you know, we they shouldn't suspend us, which it was the first, right? All three players had qualified – for this year's playoffs okay. based on their performance right. on the PGA tour before they went to well, live. We're going to get an antitrust lawsuit though on, on these guys being suspended from the PGA tour or, or does this, was this kind of that, or does this maybe cast out that that is going, of course, if lawyers are involved, there's always going to be uh, encouragement for a suit, but separate, lawsuit potentially i guess right yeah they're not going to sit on their hands and um i followed the case yesterday you know in the courtroom it, it drug on for a couple of hours but kind of following the highlights and you you could tell the judge was essentially uh was seeing it through the pga tours eyes for the most part but the the one part that she seemed to take issue with was uh, how the the tour had the right 
to suspend these players. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that sounded like something that may be revisited in, in the near future. Now, I don't know if that will still fall within that one year waiting period before they, before the court will be willing to listen to those arguments again. But, uh, you know, basically what we have now is, is, is uh, two separate tours. Uh, one is going to be more global. Uh, one will be primarily domestic. And uh, I think you're going, to, you know, Cameron Smith going to play on a tour that's going to have three events in Australia next year, of which Greg Norman is the commissioner. Totally understandable. I mean, he's their Tiger Woods growing up in right, the country. Yeah, yeah. Cameron Young, an American, opting to go that route. That's a completely different situation. That's uh, a, uh, I mean, that's that's a pretty big blow, I'd have to imagine. He's committing himself to much more global travel. I mean, I think fewer than half of their 14 events are going to be in the United States next year. They're trying to go to these other markets, and he's, again, making the choice that he can get into his 18 or 20 events, which is about all the top players really want to play, I think, this time of year, and they want to be fresh right. for each of those events and and be compensated, guaranteed. And, uh, again, because of his world ranking, he's high enough that even if he will not be accumulating world ranking points in the live events, if he plays well in the majors, he'll still continue to to maintain his position that way. All right. We got Brian Mull with us here. I got, I got a couple more questions on this. I want to ask you about Harold Varner. He's uh, in the studio today. We're going to catch up with Jenny Dalton Hall a little bit later, or Jenny Dalton Hill a little bit later on uh, talking golf or excuse me, softball with her with the softball little league world series. Uh, let's uh, grab a, a break uh, from the working man's beach this week. Patrick Johnson show. We'll come back and we'll get into uh, some other things and some of the other news going on today as well. Uh, so stay with us. Patrick Johnson show. The Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Like us on Facebook for breaking sports stories and the latest from around the Pirate Nation. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's 94.3 The Game's Facebook page. Like us and follow us there today. Two girls for From the uh, Working Man's Beach this week, Surf City, Casa de Johnson, P-Man's final show of the week for you. And we've got uh, Brian Mull in the hizzle today. He's made the uh, drive up 17 and uh, came from Wilmy World uh, up here. Uh, boy, it was hot inland today. I, I, you know, it was pretty warm out there, but we've had a good breeze here at the beach all day, so it's been pretty nice. I haven't been outdoors as much as I have the last couple of days, but... Uh, at least when I'd go out and kind of just take a little walk to get outside for a minute, it was pretty, uh, pretty good. And then, uh, flagging you in here with our, uh, our, our parking detail, you, uh, you could tell it was pretty warm inland today with the, the wind. So, uh, no, it's smoking in Greenville. If you're out, uh, was talking to our buddy TJ long a little earlier. He was out last night at the college world or the softball world series. Should have got TJ on Ben. He'd have been great because he was at the Pitt County game. I, you know, that'd have been fantastic. Uh, we'll get uh, analyst for ESPN, Jenny Dalton-Hill, who's uh, calling uh, the, the morning session, the 10 and 1 games for uh, the softball World Series for ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. We'll get her on coming up in uh, a little bit here. Uh, plus an update, uh, there was a uh, another one of those uh, preseason uh, 
football high school media days today, and we heard from the uh, Farmville coach and our guy C.J. Wilson, the uh, Super Bowl champ who has uh, taken over at uh, North Pitt. We might get a, a couple of cuts in that near the end of the show. Uh, Brian Mall, uh, as we mentioned here with us as well, uh, we were talking live golf, the big uh, sort of breaking stories of the last couple of days, the Camerons, uh, Smith, the uh, British Open champ, and Young, one of the bright, like up-and-coming stars, likely rookie of the year on the tour this year, are reportedly both going to live. I know the Cameron Young money is a, is reportedly $100 million. Did you see what the Young money is? I got to think it's maybe in the same ballpark, isn't it? I would think so. That that kind of seems to be the the going rate, if you will. Um, certainly Mickelson commanded more than that, but he was also a central figure in, yeah. in helping the tour get along, get, get moving on. And, uh, you know, his career is what it is speaks for itself. Um, I would imagine, you know, they're, they're, they're talking a hundred million, 125 million somewhere in that neighborhood, Yeah, you know, probably spaced over five years, you know, live for better or for worse, I think has exposed the, some of the real problems on the PGA tour. Um, you know, Greensboro, which is kind of a, you know, we were there a couple of years ago doing a show and there was an energy cause Harold was involved and Harold was still on his ascent, uh, you know, ascension, but the, so we, we were talking to some of the broadcasters and a couple of these guys are, are kind of crusty guys as it is, but you could tell it had been a long summer, <laughs> you know, and it just, it, by the time that event wraps up. You know, Tiger put some energy in it when he was trying to make the field a few years ago. Uh, you know, HV3 has his own kind of energy he brings to it. But I, I just, I got to, I got to wonder, and I understand you can't go against football, but there's some things it seems like you could do that you could make fall golf in certain parts of the country, especially a little more relevant. Yeah, it's a long season. And I think the biggest regret, the PGA Tour, and they would never admit it, but I think their biggest regret for all of this and wh where they've been exposed is this wraparound schedule where yeah. basically the season, the playoffs, the events with the, all the big names that the last dash of golf that really in people's minds before football ends in August. And then two weeks later, you're starting a new season again. And certainly the top players who have just played in, in uh, a major or a big event every month since May plus these playoff events and, and the occasional regular event, they have no interest in, in playing through the fall. And then some of the guys that aren't top 10 in the world, but maybe finished, you know, 25 to 30 in the FedEx cup, or even in the, in the thirties and forties, they, they feel like they can't sit at home all fall because they'll be so far behind if they choose to start their career in January. I mean, start their season in right, January. Right. And it really has created problems without those guys having a legit off season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough not to go to markets where they're interested and, and you have sponsorship. I understand that. You don't want to say no to right. anyone. And 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 some of those events in the fall have, have been strong parts of the tour, but there's, there's no eyeballs on those events. And uh, I think what we're understanding from the modern pro golfer is they're just not interested in grinding out 30 or 35 weeks a year like a previous generation. Yeah. There's nobody in the top 20 that I could just see your top 25 that's played more than maybe low 20 events. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brian Mull with us here, Caddy Network, and, and covering other stuff as well. Usually uh, a pretty frequent contributor to us here on the show. So it's good to have him uh, with us uh, in studio on remote today, as it were. And, and we're not in a, a golf event and having to carry a bunch of equipment either. So that's, uh, that's good, too. Uh, outside of the obvious discomfort a lot of people have downright disgust that others have 
uh, with uh, where the money to fund live is coming from. The on the course product, what would you do differently? Well, first, let me start by what I, I do like the action of the broadcast that I've watched, uh, the rapid fire, a lot of golf shots. Um, some of the commentary has been over the top for my taste right. personally, but I could see where that appeals to a younger crowd. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely. And I think they have, they have had strong numbers with the younger, you know, demographic, the twenties, the thirties. I'm just not a fan of 54 whole golf tournaments. That's my biggest problem mm -hmm. with the whole deal. The no cut thing with a small field. I'm okay with that. Uh, they do not, want to have a hundred man fields. They right. want to keep it a, a, a manageable number. Um, the, the, the shotguns start aspect while on one hand it's, it, everyone's playing in the same elements and it's probably more fair because you don't have these waves where guys can, you know, mm -hmm. have a tremendous advantage. Uh, it's a little hokey to me to have guys not finishing on the 18th hole, not playing the golf course, the way the architect designed right, it. Right. Right. Um, that's a little hokey. And, well, and would you maybe do that in the first two rounds or maybe if you added around in the last two rounds, make it more of a traditional, I would. Yeah. I would want to have the, there, there's just an element to golf of if you're the leader having to wait on the final day, right. sometimes till two or three o'clock to tee off and deal with your nerves and handle that aspect of it. And then, also have the opportunity where the guys ahead of you who are chasing you have finished and you've got a few holes left yeah. um, and you've earned that right by shooting the lowest score. But uh, I would like to see them add another round and even cut it uh, if they wanted to for the last round to the low 12 or whatever guys right. within a certain number of sh shots of the lead and uh, in the team format, which is fine. Um, I don't really have strong feelings about that either way in that after three days and then go just declare an individual well, here's my problem with what we're about to watch if you're a golf fan like you and i are on nbc for the next uh, three weeks they don't show enough golf shots correct cbs also but nbc is a real the live broadcast now granted it's on youtube or the web and there's not that commercial but they don't need it there's at least always some action going on and it can be a little dizzying maybe to keep up with if you're not locked in and i've not really been locked in on any of it i've liked at least what I've seen from the production so far. So what's the resolution? I'm going to ask you about HV3. We'll finish with that. But let me ask you what the resolution is here. Because I think that court ruling is not going to have an impact on future litigation. I agree. Um, I think that's a separate issue. I mean, apparently two of the com potential competitors were like in a van in Memphis, like hoping that the court ruled in their favor. Right. They were just going to drive in the gates and right. play a practice round, which right. is just kind of an odd scene. But uh, I think the ultimate resolution for the good of golf fans, I think what's happened right now is great for the professional golfer because there's more money on the well, table. And the caddies, like you were. And, and the caddies. They, there's more money out there, and the pie just got a heck of a lot bigger. Right. But is that and, and I do think it's good for other parts of the world that have been neglected, whether it's Australia or South Africa or even the Asian market right. that are going to have opportunity for the best play, some of the best players in the world to show up. But the golf fan in general is suffering because we want the reason the FedEx Cup playoffs draw some excitement most years is because all of the best players are there. The Memphis event would be better if Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepko were in the field. They've both won that tournament in the last four or five years on that golf course. Like it's not going to be quite as good without. Well, them. and DeChambeau, like him or not, is, you know, nobody, Tiger moves the needle. Yeah. Tiger is the needle. 
Shambo moves the needle, though. He moves the needle. Um, everybody loves the long ball, you know, and he can certainly, certainly. Well, he, he's the villain. It. He's the black hat. People love to hate him in a sense. And uh, he, he is a fascinating person to cover and to watch and the way he's gone about it with this transformation and how long that's going to last. Nobody knows. But I think ultimately, if if Greg Norman and Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, are both serious in what they say that they are trying to grow golf globally, then they have to put their differences aside and just forget everything that they've said publicly because they've both made some pretty harsh statements whenever they've had the opportunity and get into a room like grown men and like people doing business all, all the time and work something out where we can see these better players together. Well, and it's a way too, maybe for some younger guys to make some money on the flip side too, with, you know, maybe if you're allowed to go play certain, you know, again, I get the discomfort and the downright disgust with where the money's coming from. I totally understand that, but look, we're waiting, we're relying on golfers to make a, uh, to, to make a social stand when, when the government does business with the Saudis, it just, it, it, that to me is what's laughable about it, all this. It, it's very complicated uh, on that regard, and you can uh, you can certainly take whatever uh, stance that you want. I'm just looking at it holistically from a golf standpoint. I don't want golf to turn into tennis where we've only got the top players competing against it, each other a, a couple times yeah. that anybody cares about. All right, HV3, top 50 on the uh, FedEx Point Cup list. He's in a, a tie with a lot of people. I think it's 48. 46, something like that, uh, 48. Um, what, what does Harold need to do this week in Memphis to get to weekend number two? Yeah, he's close to being, and, and I don't have the, the numbers in front of me, and he very well may be in next week. But there's always a chance that, you know, some of the guys behind him, a lot of them could play well. But I think with the strength of the field, he's probably safe for next week. But, you know, making the well, cut. Well, how's he get to Atlanta then? Making the cut would help. He, he probably needs two top tens, you know. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Or, or at least one top three um, mm. in these in these two events. And uh, plenty of people have done it Have uh, every year. There's, an, a, a you know, the top ten guys are probably safe. To, to advance to Atlanta. And then after that, um, you know, everybody else has to, has to earn some points to, to, and, and plenty of, plenty of guys get hot this time of the year and, and, and play themselves yeah. right into a great season. We've seen it. All right. Uh, a break before we get it. Uh, we're going to go to Ben here. Uh, we'll have Jenny Dalton Hill on the phone with us here in just a few minutes, talking about the uh, softball little league world series in Greenville, huge event. A lot of folks going out to it and enjoying it. They had, 1,350 out there yesterday for uh, the Pitt County game. Uh, so that place was uh, jam-packed. All right, uh, Ben, with a 94-3 the game, Sports Flash update, including uh, some news on uh, who uh, Pitt County will play tomorrow and more right now. Thanks, Pasture. The Little League Softball World Series continues as we speak with their week-long tournament at Stalling Stadium at Elm Street Park. Pitt County's all-star team dropped their opener to the West team out of Laverne, California, 9-2 yesterday. Here's head coach Gentry Coward. We'll get the girls back today and get them recharged up and ready to go on Thursday. Um, we're not out of it. That's just one loss. We can still fight our way back through the winner's practice. I mean, the loser's practice. Pitt County, as you heard there, plays again on Thursday against Latin America. Harper Bradley, Saw Booth, Camden Hayslip, Logan Smith, and Elena Albritton each had a hit for Pitt County. Michelle Jenkins and Kenzie White scored runs for Pitt County as well. 
First year's head coach for Super Bowl champ and former ECU part C.J. Wilson. He talked about his expectations for his Panthers earlier today at a 2A Eastern Plain Conference Coaches Conference following a state playoff appearance. What well, the thing is that we, we don't have any seniors, but the seniors that we have, they are very dedicated to this team. And they know the feeling that we had last year, walking up that field, losing to a team that we should we feel like we should have beat. And so uh, we're just taking every day. Don't think about game three, game two. Just think about right now. Think about the practice right now. One day, one day mindset. From the 2A Eastern Plain Conference, coaches decided on a preseason poll, and the list is as follows. Washington, number one of 33 points, followed by West Craven, Southwest Edgecombe, Green Central, North Pitt, Farmville Central, and Aiden Grifton. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell is calling for at least a four-year suspension for Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. Goodell said evidence from sexual misconduct allegations against Watson shows egregious actions and predatory behavior. Seeking a harsher penalty under its personal conduct policy, the league last week appealed the six-game suspension handed down to the quarterback by a retired federal judge. Former New Jersey Attorney General Peter Harvey will hear hear the appeal. There's no timetable on when a ruling will be made. Despite all this trouble with Goodell and the allegations, we have some breaking news as the Browns confirmed they will start Deshaun Watson in their preseason opener at Jacksonville. Baker Mayfield is pulling away from Sam Donald as the Panthers training camp continues in Spartansburg and reports indicate that Sam Donald has been shopped around by Scott Fitterer but can't seem to find a partner due to that fifth-year option salary. Head coach Matt Rule earlier today that said that both quarterbacks will play in Saturday's preseason game against the Commanders. New Carolina Hurricanes forward Max Pacioretty recently after being signed is set to have surgery. will have a six-month recovery time. And for the World of Golf, open runner-up Cameron Young will follow Cameron Smith to the Live Golf Tour following the FedEx Cup playoffs. That's going to do it for your 94 through the game sports update. More from the P-Men after this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Get the latest on the East Carolina Pirates each day on the Patrick Johnson Show with our daily Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. Let's send it back uh, now telephonically. We're going to Greenville where we are joined by uh, someone uh, who I just, it was my treat to work with him this year on a double header for ACC Network Extra. I don't know how they talked her into slumming it with me. She's now <laughs> covering the Little League Softball World Series. Uh, and uh, I, I consider her a friend. I don't know if she does me. Jenny Dalton Hill is with us uh, here, ESP and softball analyst. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm well. Uh, you know, I, I had to get out of town. I'm sorry. It was sort of the last hurrah before football. Otherwise, I would have I would have popped for lunch or dinner at one of the hot spots in Greenville. I know. Ridiculous that you ran out on me like that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I know you like to go to the expensive steakhouses. Is what I what I what, what at least based on the directions I gave you when we worked together back in May. So I 100%. I was worried about that. Yeah, I was worried about that. To be honest with you, I I have a meager radio. Uh, uh, budget I'm dealing with here. Um, uh, I, I'm new age. I would have sprung for myself. All good. Ah, well, no. I as as a as a, you, I, I like the you're in my town kind of. I'm hosting you sort of thing. So 
I would not hear. I would not stand for it at all. Uh, but next time. So obviously you needed to leave town. I got it. Right. Got That's it. why I had to leave town. Yes. Uh, next time, though, <laughs> for sure. Uh, Jenny is uh, one of the uh, just really cool people in uh, in broadcasting at college sports, and she's on the 10 a.m. and the 1 a.m. games, or excuse me, t- it might be 1 a.m., 10 uh, a.m. and 1 p.m. games uh, going on during the Softball World Series uh, back in Greenville for a second year. I understand the event has more of that uh, just sort of bigger, more complete feel this year because obviously it's a, it's a full uh, field, if you will. Yeah, an exciting time for Little League softball to be able to go back to international play, bringing in four international teams, and then expanding the American side to go to eight regionals. So we've got eight American teams and four international teams competing this year for a world series championship you were telling me uh earlier in the year that this is a a a really fun event for you and i know you like going to the softball world series and covering the sec and the acc and all all the leagues that you cover really nationwide because this is this event is fun it's i'm not saying you're not analyzing but there's no real critique here with this this is just the human interest side and the love of the game kind of thing. Yeah, most definitely. In Little League, this is where you've got the love of the game. The girls are playing this at a grassroots level where they come in. And while they're very athletic, they're at the beginning of their softball careers. And so, yes, there's miscues. Yes, there's missteps. And to be able to verbalize maybe how they can do it better is our goal, (laughs) but not hard on it. Like it's the Women's College World Series where everything's expected to be perfect. And it's also maybe, it's the last time I remember in my life, I remember playing in the Little League Softball World Series. We were playing in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And as I think back, yes, there was a lot of pressure in that moment, but it was after that time that softball became very serious and mm-hmm. a job. And maybe this is the one of those forks in the road for these athletes where maybe after this point, it becomes a job rather than it is just an activity. A three-time uh, college World Series champ herself, an All-American, uh, Jenny Dalton Hill now does a, a just a fabulous job broadcasting for ESPN, and, and it's true. And I'm not not just saying this because Jenny's on. Uh, truly, one of the like coolest and nicest people that uh, you could ever work with. Uh, she's just a fabulous you're person. Very, no, and I mean very- I mean that sincerely. I really do. Thank you. We got stuck in a rain delay and got to uh, get to know each other. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I'm surprised you're on the radio with me today. No, I, I'm kidding. It was it was fun. We had a lot of fun, uh, but it was a long day at the, at the park. Uh, how do you like uh, the the Stalic Stadium there at Elm Street? Oh, it is amazing, and what a beautiful arena to be able to have these young women play in. It played as a baseball park for most of the year, and knowing that baseball played on a grass infield and softball played on a dirt infield or a skin. So July 17th, the grounds crew came in and skinned the infield, took all the grass away, took the hump out of the middle of the field, and turned it into this absolutely pristine, beautiful, just playing surface for these women to young women to play on. I am so impressed with how beautiful the stadium is and how welcoming the fans are. I mean, it's just a high-quality, classy event. You know, you mentioned it's the eight regionals that are being contested uh, domestically. And when you look at how the sport has grown 
and even at the collegiate level, how the sport has grown, uh, there still seems like that there is still that opportunity for this to be trending upward. And the the best is kind of yet to come with softball. So I think you're as qualified as anybody to speak to that. Uh, but at the grassroots level and at this little league level, I mean, basically Greenville aspires to be the Williamsport for softball, which I think is a tremendous uh, goal to to try to achieve. And I, I just I think it's it's going to end up. This event is in its infancy, but I think this is this is going to just grow bigger and bigger expeditiously. Well, the cool thing about it is yesterday the North Carolina, the hometown heroes, played against California. California is looking to be that that gold ticket team that looks to be the team to beat. And in that game, it was a four o'clock game on a Tuesday afternoon, and the house was packed. They yeah. said there were four hundred fans. It's before work's even out. But Pitt County was 100% supported by this Greenville crowd. And it was an electric atmosphere for these young ladies to play in. It was really cool to be able to just stand and take it all in because I wasn't calling that one. I could stand in the arena and kind of just sit and feel the atmosphere. And it was amazing to see the kind of support that these young women here in Pitt County were able to get from their hometown crowd. Uh, We've got uh, Jenny Dalton Hill on with us. Of course, the Softball Little League World Series going on in Greenville this week. Uh, She'll be on the early, the two early telecasts, 10 and 1 uh, for uh, ESPN Plus and then the other ESPN networks uh, through Friday, which is uh, really, really cool. And it's a real treat to have her uh, with us here on the the phone. Uh, Collegiately, the game to me is uh, there's the growth potential. It's exciting. Uh, it's, it's, it, it, there's a lot of positives at the collegiate level, uh, with softball. You've obviously had a huge hand in, you know, it's success historically and now as a broadcaster, but, uh, right now is, is this thing becoming bigger and bigger in your estimation each year and, and growing, you know, not only getting bigger, but also trending in the right direction as far as the quality of play, that sort of thing. Well, I- the quality of play, I'm going to have to contest that I think we played some pretty dang good softball back in the 90s too, but right. when it when it comes to the kind of support that you're seeing, it is amazing. Just watching the upward trend, the exposure on TV, I mean, this year we had two games on ABC, not just ES. I mean, ESPN is amazing, don't get me wrong, but to be on a primetime network, that's a huge deal for our sport, and we were able to do it twice this year. The World Series held in Oklahoma City, it, they've expanded the stadium, and we've already outgrown it. I mean, to wow. see the, the fan participation, the type of fan support that is given to our sport, it's amazing. And just the amount of TV coverage that ESPN is willing to give us, it's been phenomenal to just watch and be a part of something that continues to trend up. The thing that I've really enjoyed uh, on the ESPN Plus broadcast thus far is uh, the highlighting of Greenville. These are just really well done uh, broadcasts. And, uh, of course, with your expertise and your colleagues' professionalism, it's just been really fantastic to see. Uh, as you look through the rest of this, and, um, you know, who, who would you say are the teams that have caught your eye, or, or at least on paper maybe have caught your eye? Who should fans be looking out for? You know, the Pitt County... North Carolina representation, the host team that played yesterday against California, 
while they lost against California, I loved the way they played the game. They played it hard. They played it aggressive. They were not shot. They did not shy away from the pitcher in the circle who is potentially throwing the hardest of any of the pitchers here in Greenville. So California to me is the team to beat. They just look very solid defensively. They've got a lot of big bats and they've got a great arm in the circle, but the way that Pitt County, the North Carolina host team was able to show up yesterday against them, even though they have fallen now into the losers bracket, it's going to be a long road back. I would not be surprised if they were able to fight their way all the way back and make it back to play against California. Wow. That's a pretty good endorsement. Uh, hey, Jenny, really great to talk to you. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll run it back again next year, hopefully, and uh, maybe in the studio or, or something like that, or at, at a watering hole. Who knows? We'll figure it out, though. I'll be there. You, you, you have my word. I love it. Steakhouse next year is what I just heard. Nice. <laughs> All right, Jenny, thanks so much. Have a great one. You too, uh, Jenny Dalton Hill, uh, great lady, really first class person, and uh, very cool to have her on. She played. Remember um, Brian Mall, by the way, hanging out with me here at the uh, Working Man's Beach this week. Remember the because um, you're of this generation, the uh, Silver Bullets, the Colorado Silver Bullets, that when the women would play like Barnstorm and play baseball. She was on that team. Oh wow, and. She now, you know, obviously it was a chance to earn some money playing a sport that she kind of had played, you know, baseball before softball and was such a, I mean, like we said, a three-time champion and an all-American and all that at, at Arizona. But, um, I, she, she, you know, there was, there was, there were the promotional appearances you had to make with a <laughs> beer sponsor. And it was, uh, you were on the road constantly barnstorming. It was, it was, it was pretty tough to hear her tell it back in uh, May when we worked together, but a really fine person. Uh, so really, really cool to get her on and, and uh, appreciate her taking some time here this afternoon for uh, that. And, and she'll be in town through Friday uh, calling the uh, softball uh, World Series. Tell you what, why don't we grab a break, Ben? We'll come back, maybe hit a couple of cuts from uh, things today and uh, a couple other news and notes and wrap this puppy up uh, on a Wednesday. Patrick Johnson show. You see him wearing their baggies. Miss a moment. Of- Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today. The brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. <laughs> It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. There might be a libation or two. We'll, we'll see. It is a school night. True. And I'm still putting the work in the work in, in the working man's beach. I've said that all week on the morning show. I mean, there's still work going on down here this week. You're They're getting relaxing. Well, look, I'll be able to kind of enjoy the next two afternoons. I appreciate you, Benjamin, uh, stepping in and hosting things. Uh, we'll get some more of this audio probably tomorrow. Uh, and then we'll have, obviously, ECU audio following uh, tomorrow morning's practice. And uh, maybe some other fabulous guests. I know Daryl Strawberry is going to be on with us on Talk of the Town on Friday. 
Uh, so Ben will probably have you just uh, re-air some of that too on Friday because I think that's that'd be worth airing re-airing. Absolutely, the show. I'm a big play. strawberry guy. That's your guy. As a Mets fan, that's your guy. Um, let's see here. Um, EPC had their media day today, the Eastern Plains Conference. Neat little conference in the uh, 2A ranks with Washington picked to win it. West Craven second, and then South uh, West Edgecombe, Green Central, North Pitt fifth, Farmville sixth, Aiden Grifton seventh. Uh, our guy Todd Light was not there today for AG, but uh, Coach Ron Cook, who I really like from Farmville, was there. And he says what he wants to see from his team in their upcoming scrimmage. Uh, number one, just being just execution. Make sure that we execute uh, well, uh, especially offensively, you know, playing fast. You know, one of our objectives this year is to you know, play even faster than we were last year. We want to average about 70 plays a game. Defensively, making sure we get guy, 11 guys running to the ball and being physical. Uh, and that, that's, that's the main thing. And I think uh, you know, we have those pieces in, in we have those pieces this year, and we're, like I said, we're in a better place to do it. At this time last year, we didn't even get to hit at all until our first scrimmage because of the weather and everything. So we made the adjustments this year, had a couple of practices at night, and we got to see what we didn't get to see last year before going in our first scrimmage so we could be prepared for that. So. Uh, and on the North Pitt side of things, uh, our guy C.J. Wilson, Pirate alum, all-time great, uh, Super Bowl champ of uh, the Packers, uh, C.J., of course, played in Beaufort County back uh, in the East, and he is—he's uh, taken over from Greg Watford, who's done a, did a fabulous job building the North Pitt program. Uh, cut eight here on the Vast Soundbite roster, where he talks about following up this season after last year's uh, playoff appearance for the Panthers. What well, the thing is that we we don't have many seniors, but the seniors that we have, they are very dedicated to this team. And they know the feeling that we had last year, walking that field, losing to a team that we should we feel like we should have beat. And so um, we're just taking every day. Don't think about game three, game two. You think about right now. Think about the practice right now. One day, one day mindset. I think if a guy who's won a Super Bowl uh, is giving me instruction, I'm going to listen. If you're not listening to him, you're probably just not a good listener. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. Uh, knows what he's doing. And you could just sense a calmness in his voice. You know, and look, there's all kinds of styles. Some guys are a little more vocal than others. I can't see him being wildly vocal. Doesn't mean he's not competitive, but that's also a guy who's, I mean, let's face it, one at the highest level. You know, he's taking what he's doing seriously, but the, this is something where he understands, you know, the big picture, the big picture and what this means could mean in, in these kids' lives. So uh, you want to win. And that's a good thing. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking uh, and we'll get some of this up. Oh, I, I do want to mention this because uh, Ben and, and Clark worked really hard on this. Uh, Joe Sloan, our interview we did last week is on our 94.3 The Game YouTube page. Uh, I've put it out on social media, and the station has as well. So if you want to go and watch that interview with Joe Sloan, we have it in its entirety. Uh, and we'll have some other interviews next week. Uh, Will Bland, Sean Murphy from JP2, Brian North uh, from uh, Channel 12, and some others we'll have for you coming up in the uh, coming days as well. So uh, have some of those on the show next week, uh, especially towards the end of next week to get ready for high school football, which is uh, – 
nine days away. Hey, great to have Jenny uh, Dalton Hill on with us today. Brian Mull, great to have you uh, here in the uh, Casa de Johnson studios at the Working Man's Beach. Yeah, thanks so much. It's been a real treat, and uh, hope everybody enjoyed it and has a great week wherever they may be. Ben will be in tomorrow and Friday. Thanks uh, to the job he did today. And we'll hear from uh, Mississippi as as well down the road. Good to talk to him today in the studio. Uh, We'll be back uh, and uh, see you on Monday. Ben will be here the last two days of the week. Have a great rest of your evening, everybody. Ah!